With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the 66 to 87 podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio. It may be the NFL draft week, but we don't care about that over here. Uh, we're more concerned with these first place Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I, if I'm correct on this, Dave Molinari, 21 6 and 2. Uh, that, is, that is the run. Uh, that sounds right. It's yeah, whatever it is since uh, March 1st, they, they've been playing some pretty good hockey with well, I got, I got, very I think few I got, exceptions. I think I got to look at your, your, your story. That's just up on the website right now about whether home ice advantage would be good. That is Dave Molinari. Uh, we have Taylor. Don't call me Taylor Hall, but Taylor Haas, which I referred to her on the last podcast. And, uh, Guys, we have a lot to talk about on this. We're going to be joined a little bit later by Tom Galetti from NHL.com to help us preview uh, the big two-game set down in Washington on Thursday and Saturday. Uh, but before that, we've got to talk about uh, the, this the current two-game set with the Boston Bruins nationally televised game yesterday. And this is usually the type of time of year where we're already in the playoffs and Guys, that felt like a playoff game yesterday. one nothing. Penguins win. Uh, goal, gorgeous goal by Jake Gensel, set up by Sidney Crosby. Uh, Taylor, I know you wrote a lot yesterday about shot suppression and how they really seem to uh, put up a force field uh, in front of Tristan Jari. Uh, what was your headline coming out of that game? Yeah, I, I wrote about how they were just completely, uh, they completely boxed out the Bruins. If you look at uh, the heat map and that story I wrote, I, I called it a force field because that's what it looks like. Like you can draw like a line, like a little arch around um, in front of the net where the Bruins were just not able to get off a single uh, unblocked shot attempt. And I don't think I've ever seen um, kind of a, a line quite that clear of, of where they were able to to defend uh, so well in front of the net, those scoring areas. Um, and that's, that's the kind of uh, defense we're going to need to see in these, in these, you know, kind of tight checking games like this uh, that, you know, might be more common in the playoffs. So yeah, that was a really encouraging sign. Uh, Dave, um, Mike Sullivan, I believe if I'm, I'm not paraphrasing here, call it the, the most complete game. I think he. I think he said uh, Sunday after that game. Uh, some fans may say, "Wait, one? We only they, went, they only scored one goal." What does he? What do you think he meant by that? I think it was. You know, it certainly, arguably, was their their most complete game. You know, yeah. the the other teams have guys on scholarship too, and they want to <laughs> win. Uh, you know, and the the Bruins acquitted themselves pretty well in that game. They they played some pretty good defense you know uh, of their own uh not quite as airtight as that of the penguins but they certainly weren't giving up uh 
a whole lot of quality chances or, you know, and there was nothing uh, cheap about the, about the goal that, that Jake Ooh. scored. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the only question that Sullivan uh, should have had coming out of that game, I think, is, is whether his team can, can turn in an effort like that on, on a regular basis. Uh, during the playoffs, because if it can, you know, it's it uh, could be a, a pretty formidable group. Yeah, that was a, that, that is the that is a the formula for winning hockey in the playoffs. Uh, I, I it was a thoroughly entertaining game. Again, is sometimes you like to see a lot of people want to see more scoring, more crazy chances, more two on one play, two on one action. Um, I thought that was just a really entertaining game. And Taylor, back to your point for one second. I I, I went back and you you know you check any team's website, they'll they'll have little video clips. I thought it was interesting that they they showed Jari's shutout. They didn't show any third period chances. In other words, uh, the Penguins had done such a good job over the first two periods. They didn't feel like there was a highlight worthy of one of Jari's saves. So uh, they really did a number. Uh, they really did a number as far as suppressing shots yesterday. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Jari did have to make some difficult saves uh, along the way in the shutout. But again, like the, the Penguins made the guys in front of him made his job a whole lot easier by really not letting off any, you know, shot attempts in, you know, those close range areas. And even the ones that were like the um, it's the medium's danger zone of the ice. Uh, they're considered high dangerous shots if they come off like a rush or, uh, or like a rebound attempt. And they only allowed two of those, too. So. Um, Jari really didn't have to face too many difficult shots from from such a good team, but uh, yeah, he was still solid. Uh, among the the many things that were interesting to me about the game yesterday is if if you look through this division, uh, when you when you think of top lines, we we won't even consider the whole league right now because uh, we're really focused on the East Division. And those are the only two teams or only teams that we are seeing right now, Dave. But uh, Mike Sullivan was comfortable with the head to head matchup of the of the uh, the Crosby line with Gensel and Rust against Bergeron's line, the line that's called the perfection line. What did you think of that matchup yesterday? Um, I, I thought the Penguins, you, know, you have to give them the nod because it, it was their top line that, that scored the only goal of the game uh, and not uh, the Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak line of, of the Bruins. Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting uh, – approach that that Sullivan takes uh he very rarely tries to get Crosby's line away from Bergeron's and I have to assume that that his thinking is that if the Penguins can break even in that matchup which seems like a reasonable expectation most of the time that they can then win the game with the matchups with with the bottom three lines um you know, if there there will be times certainly when the uh, when the Bruins will get will get the better of that matchup of the first lines, and, and I'm sure people will express their displeasure with uh, Sullivan's approach when that happens. But I, I think it's one that's uh, you know fundamentally sound and logical. Hey. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the 66 to 87 podcast, our roundtable section here. Um, Guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about one one player that I think has really played well, especially in the absence of Evgeny Malkin, is Jared McCann. Uh, eight goals, eight assists, 16 points, six power play goals, most of the team since March 16th. Um, what have were your have been your impressions, Taylor? of McCann maybe coming into this stretch? Because I've heard people say, yeah, he, he sometimes he's a little bit of a tease. We've seen him play very well, but it's it's not consistent. Uh, what have you liked or not liked about what you've seen of him in this most recent stretch since March 16th? Yeah, I mean, when he got, you know, elevated to that, that role he's in now, I think, you know, uh, I think maybe people didn't know what to expect because he has gone through like long stretches, like looking back to last season, we finished the regular season where um, he just wasn't able to score. But um, I mean, this version of McCann we're seeing now, I, especially on the power play. I mean, I don't know. I, it, it's, he, he, you figure he's going to be taken off that top power play when Malkin comes back, but like the, the as, as good as he's played, like that, that's going to be hard to do. Um, he's just been, been so effective uh, stepping up the way he has with, with the injuries they've had. Dave, I mean, you, you've obviously seen this guy play the last couple of years. Is, do you see anything different, or is it just a matter of confidence, or the puck's just going to the net? What's, what's your take? Well, I, I think the key word there was confidence. I mean, and you, you have to produce to get that confidence in the first place, but then it can become self-sustaining. Uh, and I think that's that's the case with him now. I you know he he looks like he expects to score when he shoots, and you know he's uh, he's being very assertive out there. The goal he scored on Sunday, you know when he he lunged to uh, knock a loose puck past, uh, or what, I guess that wasn't uh, Sunday. It might have been the previous game, uh, but uh, lunged to to knock a puck past the goaltender. Uh, during the power play, uh, he's you know he's he's feeling it right now for for lack of a better phrase, and uh, it it will be an interesting decision that that Sullivan and his staff have to have to make when Malkin comes back because the way uh, McCann is is playing on that that top power play unit. It won't be easy to uh, justify removing him for anyone, whether it's a guy who's going to end up in the Hall of Fame or not. Yeah, uh, it's uh, they like to as they like to say uh, it's a good problem to have, but at the end of the day, it's still a problem. So, yeah, the coaching staff will have to kind of figure that out once Malkin does get back. Hey, just quickly, he is skating, correct, Taylor? Where do we have still any sense of timetable of, of when he's going to get back? Um, yeah, yeah, no idea. I, Hextall did say earlier um, when he spoke after the deadline that 
they, they, they're hopeful. They expect that he could come back before the playoffs. So like during the regular season, um, he hasn't had a full contact. He hasn't, he hasn't uh, taken contact yet. So um, he just had the one full practice with the team um, that wasn't morning skate, but he was still in a non-contact jersey. So um, still a few steps away before getting into an actual game. Yeah, of course, it's worth remembering that the day before Kapanen returned, he said he didn't have a timetable for when he okay. would play again. So um, right. I I don't think we should look for uh, Malkin to be in the lineup on Tuesday, but I don't know that we'll get all that much warning when uh, when his return is about to happen. Yeah, good point. All right, uh, we, we just talked here with Jared McCann and, 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 and using st- stressing the word confidence. I want to ask you about somebody else right now is Tristan Jari. Obviously, he's been a focal point of the entire season, starting with the beginning of the year. Again, there was no safety net there. Now that Matt Murray was gone, how would he respond? He, he Both the goaltenders kind of struggled in the early weeks. But since February 16th, um, Tristan Jari, third in the NHL in wins, sixth in save percentage, 13th in goals against average, uh, start with you, Dave. Uh, we're about two weeks here from starting the playoffs. What is your level of confidence in, in Tristan Jari? I don't think there's much reason to for them to not have uh, confidence in him. I mean, I, I'm pretty impressed by the way he rebounded from that third period, just a complete you know, dumpster fire against <laughs> New Jersey oh, a week ago. Uh, Jari's a, a pretty easygoing guy, doesn't seem to let a whole lot bother him. And his play since then suggests that he was able to shrug off that, that third period, which, you know, he wasn't the only one who, uh, or for whom that was a disaster. But, you know, when you're the goaltender and there were six goals scored, uh, a, a lot of the focus is going to fall on you, but, you know, he, uh, he put it behind him, and uh, I, I think the ability to do that is is critical for a goaltender, and uh, is a, as an especially valuable trait in a playoff series. Taylor, pick up on on that point there, and I've I've heard you say this as well. Just his easygoing nature, almost like uh, nothing seems to bother him. Sometimes people think, "Well, come on, don't be so laid back." But could, could, can that mindset? And again. We- we don't know how if that will carry into the playoffs, but does that mindset maybe help him at least going into uh, his first postseason where he's going to be the starter? Yeah, I mean he's so even keel. Um, I mean listening to him talk, and then he's been like that ever since he was in in Wilkesbury, um, and back when we were you know in the in the locker rooms talking to him after. Uh, every game he played, I mean, it doesn't matter if it was like a really good win or like a bad loss. He kind of sounds the same no matter what after he talks. Um, and like you said, I think that's what uh, fans can maybe take that as like not caring or not, you know, being, I don't know, not having a lot of energy. But no, that just seems very straightforward. But um, yeah, I think that that could help him because he, he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't get very rattled. Um I mean, what he had the, the the bad game against the Devils, but um, he bounced back from it really, really easily. So yeah, that could help him in a in a playoff series. And that's a really important point to make too about how his easygoing nature shouldn't be misconstrued as a lack of competitive fire. 
uh, you don't get to play at this level, uh, let alone succeed at this level the way that Jari has, you know, without uh, being able to put your, you know, your entire being into it. And he does that, you know, regardless of how he comes across off the ice or in interviews. Um, I, I don't think there's any lack of intensity for him when, when he's in his work clothes. People said that about Murray too. Um, you know, like when he would talk after games, like no matter what, if it was a win or loss, he was just very, um, short, straightforward. Um, and I know people took that as like, oh, maybe he doesn't care, not uh, competitive, but no, I think, th I mean, that's just, um, a goalie thing. Uh, a lot of goalies, I think, are like that, uh, and, and I mean, they have to be to not to not get rattled like that after a bad game. All right. Uh, obviously, Penguins and Bruins will do this again uh, Tuesday night. Uh, finish up that set. They'll be done with the Bruins for the year, in the, at least the regular season. Uh, I, I think that that there's still a possibility that those two teams meet, and we may by that by the end of this week have a much better idea. Uh, of, of, of the playoff matchups, uh, two massive games coming up Thursday and Saturday in Washington, uh, potential games uh, that could shape who ends up finishing first and second and has home ice advantage. Uh, Taylor, we'll start with you. Does, 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 do you think that this two-game set in Washington, does, the, does it decide, can it decide the division? Yeah, I mean, looking at the remaining schedules for for both teams, um, I mean, what they each have one left against against Boston. Uh, the Caps have an extra run against the Islanders coming up um, Tuesday, um, but then beyond this series with each other, they are against um, you know like non playoff teams. Both teams have a series left left against um, the Flyers, and then the Caps play the Rangers, the Penguins play the Sabers. So um, the the rest of the schedule, the the rest of the way, is pretty evenly matched, and I think um, I mean we were just kind of seeing it. The Penguins and Capitals are kind of pulling away as as that uh, one and two, um, and it, it's it's going to be very close. So yeah, these two uh, these are these are huge two games. Uh, those points will probably decide uh, who gets the number one seed. Dave, yeah, I mean it's hard to disagree with any of that. Though the, before the Washington games come around, though I'm really interested to see how Boston plays on Tuesday night because, you know, it's, it's obviously a big game for Bo or for the Penguins because, you know, they're, they've got a, a shot at, at finishing first in the division, but it's an even bigger game for the Bruins because the Rangers are kind of closing the gap on them. Uh, and Boston has a couple of games in hand and I believe the, their lead over over the Rangers is four points. But the Rangers have been coming on, uh, and I expect them to win their share of games the rest of the way. Uh, I, consequently, I am expecting the, the Bruins to play with a, a lot of desperation on, on Tuesday night. I think a, another loss, which would be their third in a row, uh, could really do some damage to them. Well, yeah, the, the, what's interesting, is, and again, I still think Boston ends up uh, because they still have games with Buffalo and with New Jersey left. But what, what would be the interesting scenario tomorrow night is, is if Boston were to lose and the Rangers win in uh, against Buffalo, then it's down to two points. And late in the season, uh, the last two games for the Rangers are in Boston. And if the, if the Rangers were to somehow sweep those games, 
then Boston would have to almost, you know, would have to at least win one of those last two games, uh, the, their extra games, makeup games. Uh, so I agree, Dave. I, I think you will get Boston's, not that their effort yes or Sunday wasn't good, but I do think that you, I agree with you wholeheartedly that they don't want to come out of this, uh, out of Tuesday night only being up two points. But that's what's great about this time of year. Uh, so much to play for. And when we come back, uh, we will, again, we're talking a little bit about Capitals, uh, Penguins. We will preview that series uh, with the NHL's terrific writer, Tom Gladdy. Uh, so please stay with us here on the 66 to 87 podcast. Welcome back to the 66 to 87 podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio. And as promised, we are now being joined by Tom Guletti from NHL.com. Does a great job of covering the, uh, the East Division, a lot of the Eastern teams. Tom, you, you are, are you still, are you based in Washington still? Yes, I am. All yeah. right. So you get to see a lot of the Capitals. Uh, and the Penguins will be there Thursday and Saturday for really a big two-game set as far as maybe who ends up winning uh, this East Division. Uh, and, of course, as always, when it's Capitals and Penguins, there's a lot of focus on Crosby and Ovechkin. But uh, maybe a little monkey wrench here. What is up with Alex Ovechkin? Uh, I think he missed the last game. Do we know what his... What's going on there? Will he be able? Do you think he'll be able to play uh, in these two games? Where are where are they with Ovechkin? Um, sort of up in the air. He, uh, I, I don't think he's going to play against the Islanders on Tuesday. So I, I think it's going to be one of those things where we not may not know until right before the game on on Thursday. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets back for the second game, or, you know, or maybe both. But we'll yeah. see. I don't, I don't think it's anything serious. And they've they've uh, he missed some time earlier in this season too with COVID, correct? He was in the he was in the protocol. I don't believe that he tested positive, but he, there was that situation where um, he and the three other players were together. Uh, that was very early in the season when in Pittsburgh actually in the hotel room where they kind of broke protocol and they weren't supposed to do that, so they had to pro, they had to quarantine for um, about. T- I think it was like 12, 12 days or twelve fifteen days or something like that. He he didn't test positive, but Ilya Samsonov did. Well, yeah, we'll get to him in a, in a bit. Uh, obviously, one of the, the big storylines going into the season with the Capitals was the change behind the, the bench. Peter Laviolette uh, just finishing up his first season. Tom, when you when you look at, at where, what they have done this year, uh, just your thoughts on what Laviolette has done. I know that they've kind of changed the way they defend uh, with a lot of man marking as, 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 as opposed to what we normally see with zonal marking. How has that gone? Um, I think I think it's gone well. I, it's going to be hard. I mean, if you look at their defensive numbers, they're they're kind of similar to the, what they were last year under under you know under Todd uh, Reardon. But I think that we're going to see more of his impact in the playoffs, where you know they didn't have success with Todd. And but you look at the defensive structure, I think it's better. And they're and when they really 
play it well, which they have the last you know couple games against the Islanders. You can see the difference. They they want to play more like like all teams. They want to play more in the offensive zone, and that takes pressure off their defense. But there is a structure in there that they 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 do a pretty good job with when they're playing well and limits the kind of shots the goalies face, things like that. When and when they're not doing it well, then you'll see the odd man rushes and things like that, like everybody other teams when they have when they struggle. But that was one of their problems. I thought last year uh, that they they were not they were giving up too many high quality chances. And that's one of the things they wanted to correct this year. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that. Tom, what kind of impact has uh, Anthony Mantha had on the team since the trade? And just what are your overall thoughts on that on that deal? Well, it started out really well. He had goals in the first four, four games. I think he has six points in six games, something like that. He's been he's been a pretty good fit. I think what they like about him is um, he's just, you know six foot five, like two two thirty. He's another big body that they can play in the wing, and they they want to play that game that you wears the opponent down in the, in, in the, you know, when they're in the offensive zone, the capitals, they want to wear teams down and, and play in that end. And, and I think he's, a, even though maybe he's not an overly physical guy, as, you know, as far as he's not going to deliver a lot of hits, he is big and strong and, and they can work that possession game. And I think they really want to be a, a puck possession team in the offensive zone. And he fits that kind of game they want to play. He's got a great shot. We saw like his first goal was a really good shot. His first, his first game. Uh, so I, I think you look at him as a pretty good, you know, fit on that line so far with with Nicholas Backstrom and TJ Oshie. Uh, Tom, assuming the the league will allow the Capitals to have a playoff series without Braden Holtby in goal, uh, is Samsonov the, the guy that you would expect him to count on? And would there be any reservations about, you know, relying on on a youngster to carry a veteran team through through the postseason? Well, right now, if I had to guess, like, I'm going to say that he would that Samsonov would be the guy. And but either way, they're going to have a youngster because if it's not Samsonov, it's going to be Vitek Vanacek. He's a rookie, and so neither one of them has ever started an NHL playoff game. So that's going to be one of the things that you're going to watch with them in the playoffs. And that's definitely the the question, the biggest question mark for them. They they decided not to acquire a goalie before the goal, the uh, trade deadline a couple of weeks ago, and I think that was partly because there were the options weren't great for them. I mean, I think they would have if there was something that really made sense, but they just they feel like the two guys that they have have done a good job of getting them this far, so they're they're going to go with them. And I think if I had to put you know had to guess right now, like I said, I would it'd be Sam Sonoff, but it's gone back and forth all year, and I would not be surprised in the playoffs if we saw both goalies playing uh, start games. It's tough to get a, a feel for guys' mindset this season when you know all of our interactions are are done online. But do you have any sense of how you think Samsonov will, will hold up, you know, under the uh, the pressures of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Um, yeah, I think he I think he's got a pretty good relaxed mind, so I think he would be okay with that. It's just a question of you know he hasn't played he's never played a Stanley Cup playoff game. He's never started more than two games in a row. So he in the NHL. So if he starts to, you know, if in the playoffs, I don't know how he'll hold up over that, over that, you know, long, what they hope to be, the Capitals hope to be a long run. And so th- those are the things you have to look at, you know, whether, you know, it's a mental challenge to play that much in the playoffs. And, and it's not easy for, for a young goalie. I don't think, you know, the, the, the Penguins, they won the cup with Matt Murray, but they had, they always had flurry kind of as that safety net. And I, the Capitals don't really have a veteran safety net. So that is going to be the question mark for them going in the playoffs for sure. It was that a, you know, it's interesting when you, when you, when you look back, people probably forget this, uh, especially here in Pittsburgh, but you know when the Capitals won their Stanley Cup, uh, some people may be surprised that Braden Holpe didn't even start those playoffs. 
I think that was a Philip Grubauer start, correct? So yeah, he uh, he started the first two games of the series against Columbus, and then you know, they lost uh, both of them in overtime. But yeah. I don't I don't think Philip played great in those games, and that opened the door for for uh, Braden Holpe to take the job back. Braden had struggled that year, uh, you know, second half of the season. He started playing better the last month or so before the playoffs, and but they went with Philip Grubauer and and. And X probably, they, you know, going back to Braden Holpe is one of the things that sparked them on, on that playoff run and, and when they ended up winning the Cup. Yeah. Uh, Tom, obviously a lot can change even between now and, and when we get to the, the start of the playoffs. Uh, nothing is set in stone, although it looks it looks like we have the four teams unless the, the Boston just completely collapses. But does it feel like we're heading toward a, a, another Penguins capital second round? Do you, do you, your thought, are they the best two teams in the division or what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Islanders and the Bruins? I think that uh, any of the four teams could come out of the division. And I think any of the four teams could lose in the first round. I don't, I don't think there is a, there is a favorite among them. Today. Honestly, I don't, I don't even know if it matters who plays who in the first round. I, I think it just, it, to me, it seems wide open. Uh, yeah. I think we could see – it's still possible we could see Penguins Capitals in the first round, depending on how things play out. If you look at how the schedules go. Um, but, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's Penguins Capitals because it seems like it always ends up that way. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, like the, the Capitals, if they end up playing the Islanders in the first round, you know, although they've won the last two games against them, that's a tough matchup for them. And I think there's a. I let you look at all the series. They're they're they would be tough matchups. It's, it's really hard to p- pick your poison. You know, people will say, "Oh, you shouldn't pick your poison," but if you wanted to this year, I don't even know which one the Capitals would prefer. Yeah, uh, good stuff, uh, Tom. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, good information, and again, a, a really good two game set. A cr- very important two game set coming up with the Penguins and Capitals on Thursday and Saturday. And that's it for us. Today on the 66 to 87 podcast, uh, we will back. We'll be back on Friday. And until then, uh, for Taylor Haas and for Dave Molinari, uh, this is Tom Reed. Uh, good day.